This is Season 5, Episode 9 of Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us, and Happy New Year, everyone. Whenever we start a new year, we always have our astrology experts, Shannon and Russell, come on and let us know what to expect for the new year. I always love talking to them, and I'm not the only one. These episodes are among some of our most popular episodes every season. And it's a testament to the quality of information that Shannon and Russell offer during these conversations. Let's go to that conversation with Shannon Gill, Russell Olhausen, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. because I do think we're in such changing times. And when I think about, you know, I think about last year, the beginning of the year when you guys came on to talk about the astrology of 2021. And a couple of people had kind of given me the feedback of like, oh man, that feels heavy or that seems scary. And I could see how for some people that turns them away from sort of this astrology forecast. But to me, you know, energy is it's not not inherently good or bad, right? And it's all, you know, just the way that we take that information and how we apply it, which is what, you know, kind of what you guys are saying is like, you know, moving twice in just a few months, somebody could look at that in a really negative way and, um, or somebody could look at it in a really positive way and, and think about how, you know, it's aligning you for these new possibilities. And so in that same way, and in just the fact that we're in these times that I think everybody's realizing everything's shifting very quickly. And so to me, it makes sense that we would just kind of want to have a little bit of a heads up and know what some of those energies are. And then we can make with it, you know, make of it what we want. I think of like those of us that are here in Texas, that big ice storm that we had in the early part of last year. And it's, I, I always think of astrology similar to the weather, the cosmic weather report, right? And it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to check the weather report and see, oh, there's a big ice storm coming and then to prepare for it. Or you could say like, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. And then boom, the ice storm hits and, and you don't have electricity and you don't have food and you're not prepared. And so in the same way, I kind of, I love these kind of yearly forecast, just looking at what are the big themes? What is the energy of this year so that I can utilize those energies um, in the best way for myself and well, for the collective? Well, the the theme for the next few years is uh, there's a storm coming. Get prepared for it. That's not just this year. It is like the storm is, we can see it. It's uh, offshore. It's coming in. And this year is a preparedness year, you know, so we think of it in those terms. And I think that's a really good point, Tiana, that you were saying how some of your viewers, listeners were, were saying, oh, that sounds really scary. Part of the, the shift that we're in, I think, is letting go of our comfortability, things being consistent and really understanding that esoterically part of the spiritual awakening has to do with this natural process of death of the ego or transformation of the ego, which is where, you know, 
we've been sort of skating along and, and everything is sort of on a, a certain surface level or a 3D level. And we're kind of on a hamster wheel in a lot of ways or asleep, or if you want to say even part of the matrix where we're, we're not really actualized to the essential nature that we truly are. And part of this process and the shift that we're in really requires each of us to do that deep internal work, which is facing things that maybe from one perspective do look intense because certainly that process of death and rebirth can feel that way, but also remembering esoterically alchemically, it's absolutely uh, natural and necessary in order to evolve. So we may get to watch before our very eyes, this sort of crumbling, which we are seeing of what was, but the exciting part, and this is where I think our, our mastery level work lies, is that we view reality from above. And we watch it with a level of, of trust and detachment, and we focus with precision where it is that we want to enhance, create, or expound upon energetically and what we're wanting to build. It has so much to do with the precision of thought and mind. We need to take a literally a heaven's point of view from above, from the planets, looking down, seeing what's happening on the ground. And that's part of the raising of consciousness is that we don't continue to pretend anymore that that there's not a storm coming. We have to let that illusion go and prepare for it. That is the raising of consciousness. That's what's going to precipitate that. More and more people are hungry for spiritual awakening and spiritual awareness now because they sense there's something just on the other side of the horizon. That's like it's a gravity pulling us towards something. You, If you're sensitive enough, you can feel it. This is not going away anytime soon. Let's find the pathway through. And the only way to do that is from the heavens. And the best way for us that we've found is the astrological point of view. So, Yeah. And, you know, and so over the years, I've really, I've gotten more and more interested in astrology because it does, it's so helpful and it's so reflective of how everything is connected but the more that i look into it the more some you know my little left brain is like ah it's super overwhelming and scientific and so i love having you know people like you who it's like just the same i don't need to learn meteorology to like go and look at the weather report <laughs> i just want to go and look at the weather report and somebody who's an expert in that is going to tell me you know the how to read it and in the same way i love to come to people like you who can just explain it for me you know, um, in layman's terms. So thank you. Yeah, we're, we're like psychological meteorologists in a way. Hey, there's a psychological <laughs> storm coming. There's a hurricane right offshore. Don't go to the beach for the next few weeks. That's probably good advice. And we're not trying to scare anybody right out of the gate. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not saying that right away. There, there, that's just one of the aspects. But yes, there, part of this is, is about harboring the light. And that's what we want to focus on most. Well, I think time. it's actually important to align with the notion that this is very exciting times yeah and so to to help to balance or counterbalance the scary part of it because it's into the unknown this was actually the name of our our workshop coming up we're we're basically venturing into the unknown and we get to choose our adventure we get to choose which i mentioned already where we want to focus where we what garden we want to tend to and create our own experience of, of reality so that is also very exciting there's going to definitely be two paths this year two roads and so it's important that we choose wisely yeah and i think it is you know it is an interesting balance because um we, you know, we're like, oh, I don't want to scare anybody, but also we don't want to like tiptoe around or, you know, like part of this whole 
um, unraveling is because we have been sort of like, you know, putting a smiley face on lots of things in society that really are not okay. And we need to be able to face these things, you know, within ourselves, our shadow aspects and stuff from our past and our ancestry and our karmic history. And then of course, collectively in the society, but yeah, we have to be willing to look at those things and face those things and also hold the higher spiritual perspective and integrate those aspects together, you know, the dark and the light, not polarize one way or the other. Essentially, we're, we're ending that age of illusion, right? The age of Pisces, which we've spoken a lot about in previous episodes, which has to do with that process of awakening coming into the age of light. So this is a, just a necessary part of the process that we're coming out of a, a sort of collective amnesia or complete misconception of reality, really. So there is something where, like you said, we're, we're waking up to realities that maybe have been there all along, but we were, the collective paradigm was glossing over or maybe even being deceived in some ways by the powers that be. So that's also part of what's happening and what's accelerating this year is more and more of the blinders coming off in a lot of ways and coming out of our sleepwalk and out of our states of delusion. Collectively, what we have going for this year is we're going to have the best and the worst happening virtually at the same time. And that's a collective process that's going on. Individually, we'll have to make the choices that will achieve the best or fall prey to the worst. So we, there is such potential for both positive and negative outcomes this year. So we need to keep that in mind. And this is why we have to stay focused and concentrated in our conscious evolution and revolution that's happening right now. Just to be clear, are you saying that there's potentials there for the the best and the worst outcomes and and whatever we focus on will probably lean us in that direction? Or are you saying that both are going to happen, we just have to deal with it? Both are going to happen. We're just going to have to deal with it. Um, There's there's so much change that has to happen that is happening globally. And and there's a peak of that wave happening. It's also create. It's a bliss wave peak in a lot of ways, and it's also creating a lot of destruction of the old. Because if people are euphoric about the positive changes that can happen that we see potentially now within our grasp, but yeah, that there's a contingent that that doesn't want to let go, and it's going to it's going to pull away this polarity you see happening between the high high points and the low points of of these potentials. But remembering that right now is this year in particular, we're going to have such a mix of these transits. That's the focus for this year, I think, is is the best and worst of both worlds. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, you know, because I, I think about my own personal experience and, and whenever, you know, I hit a low point or, or even like some people describe it as like this wheel of kind of like this wheel of fortune where when you're up, you're, in, you're on the upside of that wheel, but, you know, it always comes around and you, you're going to find yourself back down on the other side. But, you know, during those times where you're down in the bottom, like, hey, that's where like a lot of growth and learning and all these things happen so that you can move back up to the top part of that, you know, wheel. And uh, yeah, so, so it kind of makes sense, you know, from even from a personal perspective. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, remembering the micro and the macro are happening simultaneously. And I think, I think what Russell was alluding to is that, you know, the 
the aspect of our world, the 3D level, the conventionality, the structure, the systems, that's that's the archaic paradigm of the old age is what is crumbling before our eyes. We have a choice as conscious beings to actually watch with objectivity, trust, and have a different level of experience in our life and our consciousness based on where, well, the work we've done, which like you said, requires that we have gone through our own death and rebirth, dark night of the soul, maybe many of them, where we're removing the obstructions to the flow of consciousness, which is light slash information that guides us to be able to be the ones that are going to vibrationally create the new world. So we're kind of holding an umbrella in a way. You can even visualize some kind of a beautiful sacred geometry of light that has to do with the vibration of love, interconnection, compassion, trust, while peering below this other level of reality is in this sort of dark, gruesome decay process of alchemy. And remembering, of course, it's absolutely important and necessary that that this is part of the process, then we actually can have both happening simultaneously, I think is kind of what we're getting at here. Beautiful. Okay. And so I think, you know, that's a sort of a good intro to some of the broader themes of the year. Where would you guys like to start in talking about I don't know if you want to talk more about big themes or if you want to start moving into certain timeframes. Well, we have an outline kind of based on the year. There's definitely certain months that are going to be more highlighted. So I thought we'd just jump in and sort of scan through the year. If that sounds perfect. So right off the bat, a lot of people already know that we entered, uh, Venus uh, went into retrograding in Capricorn on the 19th of December. So we entered this year with this going on and it's coming into conjunction also with Pluto three times. And it did on the the 11th, 25th, and it will come back around again on March, March 3rd. Um, uh, after uh, after the retrograde ends. Yeah, so I mean, this is something that most people can relate to right off the bat. And that whenever Venus is retrograde, it's affecting our relationships. Venus rules relationships. It also rules our relationship to ourselves. It rules our values and it rules our, our money frequencies. And so anytime a planet is retrograde, just to review, there's well, a review of that planet's energies, um, a reevaluation. And so for six weeks, we're in this, this period of looking at the relationship structure because it's in Capricorn. Capricorn's a very important sign. Capricorn rules the system. Capricorn's the sign that the COVID clan three planets passed through in 2020, which was the correlate to this global eruption, which was Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter. They came together at that same degree, 22 in Capricorn. So now Venus is going back and touching in on Pluto which is the planet that rules the underworld. So it's this time again of unearthing the shadow. So we don't do all of our work at once. Thank goodness we do it in phases like the snake. Like, oh, we're shedding another skin. Oh, we're we're taking off another level. Oh, I thought I had healed that. Nope, not all the way. So just understanding that if you're feeling a little bit of, you know, tension in your relationships, the higher perspective. And I think impetus for any retrograde is that by the time it goes direct, you have a renewed plan. You've kind of shaken out the rug, sweeped out the closets, things you've been avoiding or denying in your relationship. You really can't do during a a retrograde cycle. And, but aside from relationships, we're also, it's important, I think, really looking here at the beginning of this year at what's most important. So values, 
is connected to Venus. What is most important to us as we step into this, into the unknown to this year, where we're certainly going to need to downshift because the level of intensity is going to get beyond what we've experienced so far. And this is just to be clear and honest, not to put any kind of fear, anxiety into the field. 2020 and 2021 were sort of like the pre-show 2021 we're sort of in a holding pattern there wasn't a lot going on and now the intensity is building in a way towards this sort of climactic in energy so really venus is is asking us and we see this theme throughout the year to let go pluto dark mother energy surrender what we don't need what is um you know not a healthy relationship or even in our our day-to-day life, our commodities. Venus actually rules Taurus, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but that's the, the planet that rules the North Node. So all, our, all of our eclipses are going to be in Scorpio Taurus this year. This is very important because the, the message that I keep getting is to uh, simplify, conserve, and consolidate to really make our universe and our lives a little bit more simple and smaller as we kind of go through this tunnel. It feels like there's a bottleneck that we're going to need to get through. Yeah, I think that's really great to become aware of at the beginning of the year so that, you know, we can plant because I because certainly for myself, I've been thinking that like, okay, I'm going to, you know, save more, you know, and I also want to get rid of more things. And I think in the beginning of the year, sometimes we can have these big plans and maybe we can, you know, and I think also when Venus is retrograde, you're not supposed to like maybe go out and spend, <laughs> you know, a bunch of money, you know, and so just like think, you know, being really thoughtful about what we want to add into our life and what we need to kind of release and let go of is a great perspective. Uh, the other thing I was thinking about, I think it was what Russell said, I was remembering last year, this time when we did this forecast and people were like, Hey, is, it, is this going to be over yet? And then I, Russell said something like the show hasn't even begun yet. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're just ramping up now. And I think like having been through 2021, now a lot of us understand like what you meant by that. Like, oh yeah, we're just moving into it not anywhere close to over. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's more to come. You have to think of these things in terms of, um, you know, we're, we are moving into an accelerated process and, and, and with each cycle, it accelerates and amplifies more. We need to stop thinking that this is going to go away anytime soon. It's going to, we need to learn to ride the waves that are coming faster and faster. This is what's going to require our consciousness to, to be concentrated. This is what the, the evolution of consciousness is about, is this refinement of higher consciousness. And so we're part of a larger process and it's going to cause a lot of decay and a lot of change around structure. So going into the beginning of the year, we're still under the Saturn Uranus square. And I, I think that needs to be talked about because it's really setting the theme for what's coming with many next years to come as Pluto goes into Aquarius. Aquarius is, is ruled by Saturn and Uranus. And, they, and these are almost opposing forces. Saturn and Uranus. Saturn is about structure and order and everything that creates systems. And Uranus is about changing that, dissolving that, re revolting against those systems, breaking the boundaries that, those, that the system has put you in. So those two forces are currently are square, but these are signifiers of what we're going to be seeing more and more of the opposing system and the revolutionary energetic forces 
that are being empowered to make the changes that are required. These things are, are being forced to come to heads with each other right now. So we have, uh, we're under the whole year of Saturn uh, square Uranus uh, for 2022. So. Yeah. So that was, that was the predominant aspect for 2021 was, you know, Saturn, which kind of represents the status quo, the establishment, the resistance, tradition and convention. And then a square is a tense aspect. It's tension between the Uranus, which is all about, you know, the new age, it's the rule of Aquarius. So it's innovation and rebellion, disruption, progress, radicalization. So they've been squaring off all year. So that actually continues into this next year. However, however, sorry, this year we've arrived. However, it's, there's going to be a lot of fire that's brought into this equation. Now there's going to be it's, it's sort of like, it feels like a volcano has been building and it's going to start erupting. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, it's like we were talking about earlier, you know, you can look at it in, in two ways, you know, like there's a positive way and then, and then there's the, the fear-based way, you know, and I, I'm, I'm excited actually. I like this. I like it when things are changing and things are different and you know, and maybe even like when it gets real personal for me, it does get to be like, okay, yeah, I'm not that thrilled about it anymore. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but when I think about it, big picture wise, you know, I'm, I'm actually really excited because, you know, I want to see what's next. I want to see what we can come up with, what we can do and, uh, and, and where those clashes are. And all that is really interesting to me. Yeah, you know, I think that's true. I think, you know, the four of us can can attest to being sort of, you know, at the leading edge in a way of being able to experience the result, the fruition of the alchemy, right? Because we've been doing this work, we've been on this path, we've been digging deep for years, if not decades. And so we are actually living embodiment of the light now, which means that we get to embody ourselves in our highest which is creators co-creators and and so magic happens you know things just we're able to to live a dream life you know to cultivate a reality that is has unlimited potential and certainly we're not completely exempt from being affected to the constraints that are coming but this is i think where being prepared and aware and knowing what's going on without going into fear is helpful and necessary so that we can begin to to anticipate the need to pare down the anticipate the need to come together to consolidate to work together to have plans if the system <laughs> the grid goes down or when it does and for periods of time what's our plan to sort of get through that time of darkness which really just means the obscuration of the light uh, I want to shift the shift the context of these of these energies just slightly to a um, mythological and uh, scientific perspective. So, if you think of Uranus as the Promethean principle, it is the bearer of the light. Uranus is is like the lightning bolt itself, the energy that contains all the knowledge that's outside of the temporal reality, which Saturn is control of. Saturn controls everything that's inside the temporal zone and then space time. Uranus has mastered all of that and and, and the information it carries contains all of that light wisdom. And there are times when they square off where there must be more light pushed into the density of what Saturn believes it rules in order for it to change. Because the density, Saturn is is, is also led in um, alchemy. So it's the most dense of things. And that too has to make a, a shift 
and, and it's being required to address the higher elements that Uranus is, you know, it's like radiation. Uranus is also where we get uranium. You know, it's like it's here to irradiate and dissolve reality one way or the other, you know. Thinking of it in those terms, uh, this is re a required change in order for consciousness to receive more light. The vessel of Saturn has to has to open up to receive the next level of enlightenment. So it, when you can view it in a slightly detached way, that what we see around us is decaying, the hologram. It the literally we're getting to feel beyond the the illusion. I have to use your your name. So at least one. So, yeah. Everyone. I know you always do that every episode. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> so we get to we get to actually feel the presence of that which is beyond the holographic density, which Saturn is in control of, and we're going to see more and more of this shift. We're under this all year long, despite what we're going into with some other, there's some other illusory that like the, the, the illusions are going to be thick this year. But then if you, if you're part of the conscious raising, your ability to see through the illusions are also going to be amplified. So this is where it's required for us to, to really master what is the illusion and what is, uh, what is reality that we're wanting to create. Yeah, that's yeah. funny you bring that up because uh, I was actually just thinking about that earlier today. I was, I was, you know, I was getting dressed. I just woke up and and I was thinking that thought, like, you know, because for some reason, some something popped into my mind where I had a conversation with one of my friends about how do you know if somebody is like really good or not, or if they're really super negative and they're just pretending to be good. And I was thinking, well, you don't really know because, you know, we're behind this veil and, you know, appearances are appearances. And so, um, but then I started thinking, well, on the other hand, it does seem like recently you do get this feeling like a real authentic feeling like, oh, wait a minute, like this person isn't really that genuine, you know, deep down. So it's funny that you're bringing that up because I guess that is going to be one of the themes is that there are illusions, but then there are ways to peer around that illusion, I guess. I think because, oh, go ahead, Tiana. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, because when I teach energy healing, I'm always like, oh, this is one of the things I love about, you know, working with energy or with vibration is that you can feel and sense and know beyond the appearances. And that I think that, you know, like what Shannon and Russ were saying about how that's why it's so important, you know, those of us that are focusing on our consciousness is that we do have these tools to be able to discern through consciousness, through our intuition, through uh, vibration, because more and more we've seen this in the past few years of misinformation or whatever, you know, all these different sources of information. If we're just going through our mind or through our intellect or through appearances, that's very deceptive. But if we have these higher and deeper tools to be able to discern, that's how we, you know, pierce that veil. And, and it sounds like it's going to be super important this year from what you're saying, as far as the astrology. It's going to be heightened and accelerated. And, and this again, goes back to this one of the major foundational shifts between the Pisces and the Aquarian age coming in back into alignment with the one mind or the Purusha has everything to do with that. We are all one organism. And so there is no hiding. So the, the apocalypse arrival, all that really means is the great revealing of everything that was hidden. There is really going to be no more 
capacity. I mean, you even see like, if you watch mainstream news, it's almost like the characters look so distorted. You can feel that there's inauthenticity and that they're just like programmed. So it's like becoming so overt and obvious on like that level in the mainstream, but then between people, it's more and more like us reading each other's minds and, and coming into, oh, I was just thinking about you. And then you called and, and go ahead. Well, I was just going to relate to all of what we're talking about is related to Bohmian mechanics. Quantum physicist David Bohm, who was a contemporary of Oppenheimer and knew Einstein and whatnot, he was a quantum field theorist. And his mechanics overlay a lot of conscious understanding. There's a whole school of thought that are being built around integrity and the implicate explicate order that everything arises with its opposite at the same instant. Everything is happening this way. And the more that we get in line with the integral center of this, we can learn to tap back into our, our senses that have been offline. Like you're saying, you've been able to, you were able to sense if something is in alignment or out of alignment, we'll be able to know the sound, the frequency, the light, everything coming at us will, will give us more information for ourselves, for our atoms, for our particles to be able to distinguish between is this real light or is this false light in a sense, like you will be able to sense your body. And this is what, what much of applied kinesiology and a lot of uh, using the healing techniques are about this alignment of vibrations. And it happens on a quantum level. We are being able to becoming able to resense the quantum energy in our own field and our own body. And then also that field extends out to others. So I can tell if somebody's in an integrity or if they're in ego or whatever is going on, if they're being truthful or if they're being, are just giving back programming, you can be, what is true, what is not. And that field is what, as it grows, is creating the neural network for the one mind to come back online. That's what's happening in the field of time right now. Cool. <laughs> I, know. I know what to say after Russell. <laughs> yeah. Russell so, that so, so there's that, but we also are here. Uh, this, the, each of the micro steps on those pulses to get there. And this is what's been fun for me this year is I, I'm getting back down into the transits. And um, so all of this is happening on a grand scale as we change, but, but, but then we're getting back down to each micro step. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, and my Virgo's like, okay, let's stay. Now we're still in January and I don't know yeah. how much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to cover. <laughs> okay, so I want to Listen just kind of start dates. rolling <clears throat> rolling through because I think one of the differences in this year and last year is there's a lot more happening. A lot of more things to talk about. Last year was kind of like we were just sort of in this dance with Saturn Uranus. So I'm going to say that the Saturn Uranus is still the backdrop, okay? Mm -hmm. But we have another backdrop that's significant, which is a nodal shift. So you remember we always talk about the North and the South Node, which is um, intricate in evolutionary astrology, which my work is focused on the evolution of the personal and the collective soul that is shifting. It shifts every year and a half into a different pair of opposite signs. So it has been in Sagittarius Gemini. You'll remember we talked about that so much. So wherever the nodal axis is, is where all the eclipses will be. Twice a year, we have eclipse season. And the nodal axis, you can just think about it in, in simple terms as called the destiny line. It tells the destiny of if it's in your birth chart, your own destiny. But if it's in the in the sky today, it's the, the collective uh, consciousness destiny. So Sagittarius Gemini, the narrative was all about beliefs, <laughs> um, information, uh, news, news 
it had to do with truth. It had to do with, you know, the battle on beliefs. It went into this pair of opposites in May of 2020, which was right after the, the pandemic hit. And it became this real boiling pot for differing versions of what's going on in reality. And, and even to the point of division, right? The South node in is always the shadow. It's always where the karma is, was in Sagittarius. And the shadow of Sagittarius is I'm right and you're wrong. And so the growth edge for everyone was the North node is always like the North star, what we're reaching for. It was in Gemini, which has to do with duality. Maybe there's more than one version of truth. Maybe we should be curious about looking at alternative forms of news or someone else's perspective. So we've completed that as of November, excuse me, January 19th, the nodes now shifting into South node Scorpio, North node Taurus. So I mentioned this briefly a minute ago because Venus rules Taurus, the North node. So what we need to recognize is that this is going to be now the narrative, the backdrop. And even when we're not in eclipse season, it's still going to be the sort of collective soup that we're in. And so if we remember that the South node is always where the shadow or the density is, that's going to be in Scorpio. Well, Scorpio rules shadow. So this is really, to me, signifying uh, amping up of the darkness, of the intensity, of the drama, even bringing in deeper levels of destabilization, of chaos, of on a, on a positive note, um, revealing of more of the darkness, revealing more of the shadow that has been be, sort of operating overtly, covertly behind the scenes within the system, within the media, within, you know, our, our, our 3D reality. And it's going to be, I think, surfacing even more. And so there's going to be a real need to stay out of that energy to not get sort of vacuumed into that collective drama. Like we talked about, you know, it's the staying out of fear. Does Scorpio also rules death? So it is, it is implying that we could see more, it could be metaphoric, you know, death of the old beliefs. It could be death of the system. It could be more physical people, souls crossing over. And it could also be a large quantity of the population that are just beginning the journey of shadow work. You know, we, we're sort of been, we're guiding the way in a lot of ways, and, and we've been doing this for decades. But um, consensus reality, right, that has been thrust into the cauldron as of 2020, where they were sort of living more of a, a materialistic existence, no judgment, just sort of part of the narrative, you know, we've been mind controlled for 2000 years and they're waking up. And so there could be a, a real shift of good, wholesome, everyday people all of a sudden being thrust into the underworld. This is where the light carriers and the healers are really going to be even more valued. All the work we've been doing to hold the space, to hold the light on the other side, then looking at, well, what, what is the way to balance this energy? The opposite polarity point is Taurus. And Taurus is the archetype of the artist priestess. And it's an earth sign. And it has to do, it's ruled by Venus, as we mentioned, which is the goddess of love and beauty. It has to do with, with being solidly connected to, well, your body and to the earth. It has to do with the things I talked about with the Venus retrograde, simplifying, has to do with creativity, art, music, dance. Uh, this, this archetype is ruled by the senses. So pleasure, the pleasure principle, doing things that make us feel good, doing things that are simply for joy. And so again, this goes back to how we sort of started out today of how can we just tend to our own personal garden? How can we create simplicity, joy, pleasure, and bliss 
cooking more, you know, having nice music on, growing vegetables and flowers to to create the little fractal universe that is of of higher vibrations to combat what's going on in the collective 3D plane, because we know there's no getting out of this level of intensity that is going to start amping up come February. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add to that, you know, thinking in terms of uh, the astrological connection to the body, there's uh, the scorpionic energy rules the uh, lower extremities, the genitals, the muladhara chakra, and the, and the Taurus energy rules the throat, the Vishuddha chakra. For me, I see it is let the devils do their dance while the angels sing. Let your throat, let your voice out purify your essence let it come through with this this higher taurian energy because the other elements are going to be at play in our world in ourselves that you're going to feel them but you let you let both polarize you play you find bliss you find pleasure and you make sure to keep it sacred with the angels as well you know you remember that we're both and this is a time you can actually practice that the polarization of the higher and the lower in the body in the kundalini system itself so I, I see it as that's one way to just channel that energy straight into you. I, you know, the best of both worlds. So, one yeah. other important aspect with this axis is that Taurus rules our food supply chain and Scorpio rules loss or transformation or change. So we can anticipate, well, we're already seeing it. You know, I mean, you can, you, it doesn't matter where you go. Like, oh, we're out of this or we're out of that. Or we don't please only use as much as you need because there's a slowing down there's we're starting to see this decline in the availability certainly around the eclipses and some of these heightened points as things are going to gradually get more and more intense as we get into spring and summer we can expect you know scorpio south node is the loss of resources and specifically with taurus it's our food supply chain yeah that's a good heads up to be aware of I do have a window of opportunity to share that I think is very important for everybody to know. So we understand that when, when the planets are retrograde, that there's not a lot of forward momentum. So there's one window in the year where all planets are direct, which is February 3rd through April 29th. It's 86 days and all planets will be in direct motion. So that is a time if you have planned or planning any implementation of a personal project, a business, uh, anything like that. You've got the support of all the planets moving direct. Maybe a marriage, who knows? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so there's make sure to write those dates down. So that's that's good. Although April yeah, that's helpful. April is unavoidable conflict. So <laughs> again, we, we definitely want to ha have tended to our gardens quite well by then <laughs> so that we can re re retreat a little bit as the the, uh, the world stage is acting out its sort of transformative, dramatic displays. So yeah, Russell, do you want to kind of run, start running through some of that? It's pretty intense. Like, well, actually, you know what? There's something in February that we should mention before we jump to April. Okay, which one? The, the Sibley chart. Well, if we want to tune in on just the United States for a moment, for anyone listening who happens to be local, we have some important dates that are that are about to ring true with what's called the United States Sibley chart. Basically, it's the natal chart for the United States, which is attributed to July 4th, 1776. 
though I use July 2nd as a primary date. But, but uh, according to the Sydney chart, we are the key important factors that we're looking at are on the 18th, we're reaching a Neptune opposition in the US chart. So this has not happened since just before the Civil War. It takes uh, 165 years, I believe it is, for Neptune to make a full round. So there was a, a lot of pre-Civil War component that was going on at the time. And then uh, the, what we, the major one that, of course, we're looking at is on February 20th, the Pluto return for the United States. This is, it's one full cycle, basically, for all the planetary bodies. And now Pluto has made its final cycle um, returning on February 20th to its, to its basically its natal, its natal degree. So you see this on a large scale with the rise and fall of nations. Historians have noted this approximately 250 year period, which actually falls in alignment with what we see with the birth and the death of the Saturn cycle. I mean, sorry, the, the uh, Pluto cycle. And this, this really uh, is a game changer for the United States. It's like a, a death and rebirth process. We are, we're going to go through a civil war, revolutionary energy that we're, I, I've been hearing more recently in the last uh, six or eight months, people talk about revolution and civil war in this country than I have in the previous 50 years of my life. So I believe what we're looking at is uh, a cry and a demand for change of some kind, and it could be the complete restructuring of this country. You know, and it, it begins with this with this uh, Pluto return. Yeah, it's pretty massive, actually. So Pluto, just to remind, is that underworld energy has to do with power, powerlessness, resources, hidden information. So to have this basically it's being called the American revolutional revolutionary time, you know, it could be where, where things finally, you know, fall to such an extent, the end of the two party system, it's, it's wanting transformation on all levels and the Neptune, the Neptune opposition, the fact that they're happening within two days of each other is really incredible. And Neptune again, rules Pisces. So this is like, it feels to me like we're, we're, the, the deception and the lies and the control all in the shadow is all colliding. And so there's going to be potentially mass confusion. There can be panic. This also has to do with our immune system. Neptune has to do with health. So the COVID situation could really be taken to another level. It's, this is where, again, you know, there's this potential it's so fertile anytime we're in that level of destruction to have this massive rebirth where we're coming out of, we're taking off the blinders, we're taking everything off and it's, it's complete chaos. But then what's around the corner? We know the spring always comes. However, when we are talking about ending of an age and the beginning of a new age, this could be a 20 year process. You know, and that's being quite uh, moderate in saying so. But just to know that February for our country, and of course, the whole world looks to us, is coming to this climactic time right around the corner. But what's interesting is that the entire world is going through some version of this because of the fact that those three planets in 2020, of course, affected the system in Capricorn of the entire world, not just our country. And then we are coming out of this age and entering a new age. So it just happens to be that for our country, it's really very, very uh, focused. I guess that's the word I would yeah, use. Yeah, and, and, and the reason that I um, have been tuning in to this cycle myself uh, a little bit is because as 
as the United States eventually goes, so goes the world. We're, you know, we, we are at the top of this cha- food chain in, in the, on the globe, and we, uh, we are being forced to rebalance, to reshift. Our ways cannot be the ways of the whole world or we'll destroy ourselves. So we are having to downshift into a different way of thinking. And this will, what's actually happening, what's beginning to happen is the dissolution of the middle class. I'll just say that out loud is that you're seeing the, 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 the loss of the, of the, of this uh, spectrum of the middle class. And there's going to be the have and the have nots according to the agenda 2030, which we may have mentioned before with the sustainability goals that are set for the world. COVID is part, actually kind of part of a larger uh, happening right now. The response to what we're dealing with, with the pandemic is going to be the launching pad for cha- making world change to achieve these goals. And one of those goals is kind of an Aquarian nature goal that we will own nothing and be happy. You may have seen this, the we with the we economic forum, which is the global forum, which is guiding this change set by agenda 2030 is that they're going to convert everything into a, a new type of commodity. They're going to do away with the rental structure, the eventually ownership structure is going to shift completely. And they've set these goals in the next eight years. And they're actually very much in alignment with astrological pulses. So there's something that's happening. We see with our, with our governmental structure, that's going to be giving way to a larger global rulership. Let's just say you, you hear about this all the time. And what we thought was where nations are going to be become more of just sort of corporate bio entities in a way. So the whole structure of our reality is going to be shifting in the next eight to 10 years in particular. And the government is saying so out loud. They're changing our reality because it's not sustainable. But the, but the people aren't going to lay down for it. And so that's the thing. This is where the revolt comes in. This is yeah. the division. This is where the fire is, is. This is where there's a lot of unknowns and um, really and truly until Pluto enters Aquarius and and actually, you know, America has its Chiron return, which is in March of 2025, which is about what is our new self-identity? We're, we're actually not going to know the answer or, the, or the, the climax to this story for many years. Yeah, it's interesting because the way and maybe I don't know if I'm just perceiving it wrong but the way russell that you were talking about agenda 2030 sounded almost positive where i've always heard it in sort of like a sinister way that it's kind of like presented with these kind of aquarian ideals for the good of the collective but really it's a way for sort of certain powers that be to try to um kind of give us for us to give up our rights and be controlled uh, what are are your thoughts that you, that it's not one or the other, or um, I'm just curious because I've never heard it kind of in a positive sounding way. I've always heard of Agenda 2030 as like a as a cover for something maybe uh, darker. Well, I think that's the masterful skill of these of uh, those above us in some way is how to present the changes in a positive way, even though they have a huge negative connotation. I'm looking right now at the UN's or uh, UN.org sustainability development protocols for this, and it's, it says right off the bat, we are now entered into the decade of action. We are here to make global change to meet the sustainability goals set by, set forth by the UN by the by the year 2030. And that means they're they're using. It even says we're going to use this crisis. Essentially, we're using the, the COVID pandemic as a point of launching these programs. So they're telling us right here on their website what they're doing. 
And these programs are about channeling energy um, make to make the change that, that need to happen that no one really wants to make. You know, so. I mean, I mean, it's interesting, though, to sort of draw back our focus and our awareness to looking at things more energetically from a collective perspective around if we know that we're moving towards singularity, right, towards unification, consolidation and centralization on an energetic level does make some sense. However, perhaps the the, the mastermind behind the initial implementation of the agenda has more of a self-serving focus, but perhaps we need to intend with our collective focus that those with at the helm will be infused with consciousness. And at the end of the day, if we are going to need to start working together as one, that the tides would turn and that they this would end up you know where we're all actually working in harmony with the elements and with each other but you know if we understand it from a just sort of a symbolic or an energetic through that lens then it does we know that we are moving towards unification and we have to not think of it in duality this is where where we have to achieve a higher goal as as becoming more of the enlightened part of this process is that we not consider any side of this divisive because you know there are forces that are convincing people to take the vaccine you know uh, and that, that maybe it's not good for them but there are forces that are actually doing that and then there are other forces that are playing a part to reveal why some of these actions may be considered manipulative and sinister. So there's, a, there's, a, there's, there, everyone is put in place to play a certain part. And it doesn't matter if it's truth or lies. It's our ability to sense the reality for what it really is. So in, in this decade of action that we're entered enter into, it says one of the primary goals is to mobilize everyone everywhere. And there's only a few ways to do that. And that's by creating a global crisis or at least perpetuating a global crisis, just to say, I don't want to be divisive about that, in order for goals to be achieved. So we need to start thinking that there is a, a structure at play underneath guiding or being guided by certain forces that's going to have an outcome. And that outcome is about changing our entire world from where it was in 2020 to where they want it to be by the time the cy these cycles are over. Would you say that like, you know, us coming together in our communities and kind of creating our own systems and like we could do that sort of on our own versus like giving our power away. Like when you were talking earlier, Shannon, about like the great revealing, I thought of Wizard of Oz and I thought of them all going on this journey to the great Oz, who's going to tell them, you know, what they need and who's so powerful and then pulling back the curtain. Oh, it's just this little guy. And then realizing like they have everything within themselves. And I think of it kind of like that versus like, oh, we're not going to let the government or these other powers create this, you know, unified mind system world. Instead, we're all going to begin joining together in our sovereignty and empowerment and, and creating those communities that come together, working together for the highest good to create that. Well, I would just say you got to remember, it's all part of one process. If you can keep that perspective, both sides of that equation, becoming sovereign communities, growing your own food, doing your whatever, 
And then those forces that are there to perpetuate the government, the part that's, that's pulling away, that's doing what we would consider sinister, that's part, both arms are part of the larger process to get this work done. You got to remember that. So I, if it's in alignment for you to, to create a sustainable farm, live off the grid, do whatever, that's what your goals are about. Then align with those goals. Find the people now. Connect with that level of consciousness. And if, if, it's some, if it's the part of the consciousness that's doing what it, we see, what we perceive out there on the, on the hologram that seems and appears to be destructive, just remember that that, too, is part of the will of consciousness. Yeah, and it's just part of the birthing process. You know, enough of us are doing this over here. And then again, I think it's really important that we don't project evil onto these quote unquote aspects of our own consciousness, that actually we project light and we project that and that the awakening will happen from within and that we're in this time of, of the apocalypse. Everything's going to be revealed and it's all going to go through this alchemical process. And then it may be some massive natural disaster where we wake up and be like, holy crap, you know, we actually all need to work together and the technology is already there. And so that it's all just going to come together at the right moment. So some of us are leading the way. Part of the collective is, is, is in this dying process. Some minor faction of the government, it has, has all the reins right now, but it won't always be that way that the, the patriarchal top-down paradigm is going to lead because that's the paradigm that's dying, but we're still in this cusping period between the ages. We just have to remember that it's a process and we're in the birth canal. So being that, you know, you mentioned these two kind of major events happening in February, which is really the beginning of the year, kicking off the year. And, you know, when I think about 2020, how, you know, that whole stellium thing happened in January, but it didn't really start to kind of hit until March, right? And so it's not that it's like exactly we should on February 18th or February 20th, you know, like sit at home and lock all the doors and... <laughs> <laughs> whatever fortify but like yeah so would, would that be since it's happening so early on in the year I'm assuming kind of that that's going to be the energy that we're responding to and working through throughout this year playing out it's true it's it's important to remember that Pluto again takes 248 years to go around the zodiac so this is again more of a backdrop energy and Neptune has a very long I think it's a hundred and Neptune orbit is 165 yeah. years. So they're coming into exact opposition and, and conjunction. So yes, you're absolutely right. It's, I wouldn't think that anything massive would necessarily happen on the day, but right while they're in the exact conjunction, then it yeah. really actually that Mars is going to come through and start activating Mars is of one yeah. of the, the inner planets that is an activator that is the God of war or the warrior. However, you would like to look at it. There's always a spectrum of light and shadow that's going to come through quickly. So now we've got the backdrop of the outer planets, what they're doing. And then this Mars is really going to take center stage this year. And it's going to come through and it's going to hit all of these Each outer of planets, planets through the spring and summer, bringing fire to um, you know, that's sort of the molting going on underneath the planet, underneath the earth's crust. And so that's where I think we're going to start to see some real eruption. And yeah, I think that, you know, just rolling on into April. Yeah. So you go into April, you know, uh, one, two planets that I've always looked at as very harsh or guardian like of the material world are, are Mars and Saturn. Mars can conjuncts Saturn on the fourth. And uh, these two energies are 
are they're both considered malefic in traditional astrology. So the, the two forces come together and they can create a lot of havoc and a lot of mayhem. But th- these also reflect a lot of what I would call, um, what I'm calling on this particular occasion, hidden marshalling, that something to do with the Mars energy and Saturnine systems and structure are working behind the scenes. And then right after that, on the 12th of April, we have Jupiter the, is the planet of expansion conjunct Neptune. And these are some major energies when, when these two planets come together. These are kind of game changers. A, in, in the context of the social realm, what you can be seeing are the uh, expansion of an illusion like or, or some sort of deception happening that 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 what we see happening on the on the main stage, like they're going to use a trick of the hand and have you looking over here at Jupiter and Neptune doing some magic while they're building some kind of system or employing some sort of marshalling system at the same time with Mars Saturn. So it's like we need to be aware of both of these forces happening at this at once, that there, there's going to be something that we're, we're being told and informed of. And, and there's also something that we couldn't imagine happening that's going to be creating um, what you see sort of like if you've been keeping up with the news in Australia, what you've been keeping up with the news in, in, in Europe and in different parts of the world, that these slowly but surely these integral steps are occurring that are creating a Marshall's order system, you know. And on so. the other hand, Jupiter is, is you know, the, the planet that rules Sagittarius, which has to do with truth. And Neptune is the planet that rules Pisces, again, the Pisces age, which in shadow form has to do with deception. So it's also possible that more people are going to wake up. It's also possible that the the illusion and the delusion that the bubble is going to be burst. And that's actually going to set into motion this Marshall Mars revolutionary energy. But I definitely see a lot of instability that this is maybe the most important, significant aspect of the whole year, the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. Um, it's also has other implications, you know, this is very watery. Neptune is the oceans. And so Jupiter, the largest planet is a way to always remember expands, whatever it touches. So it might expand all of this illusion, delusion. It also might expand natural disasters. Neptune rules everything we can't control. It's the last sign of the Zodiac. It rules Pisces. It's, you know, beyond the veil. I like the way that Russell puts that. So it's everything that's beyond human definition. And so the exciting part is that this could be some real spiritual advancement for some people, some real leaps in consciousness. So this is again, where we want to choose our own adventure, right? And also Neptune rules arts and films and music and things like that. So there's, we could see this real sort of contrasting, amazing sort of um, Renaissance energy coming in to meet this time of darkness. But it is going to be the the month that sets off this massive contrast of energies that's going to play itself out through the rest of the year. Wow. I also want to say that um, Jupiter is in Pisces while this is all going on. So there is this aspect of the combined water element, the combined elements that contribute to these natural disasters and things. So it's um, Pisces nature and Neptune nature and expansion with Jupiter's energy. Um, I just, this is, this isn't a time to really focus on a spiritual practice, for example, get in, learning to get in tune. This is a, you can advance yourself uh, in a lot of ways. If you just tune out what's the, the, the narrative and listen to the spiritual core and this will help you see beyond the illusion. See, I used it twice. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so when you work in, in that way, I think that uh, if you think of it in those terms, uh, I think that you can make these work to our benefit, despite what we're going to see happening on the larger scale. And, um, and one last thing, one concern that I actually have is that the sh another shadow of Pisces, Neptune is escape addiction. <clears throat> and so we're going to see more and more people not being able to deal, wanting to escape either through, you know, drugs and alcohol or through wanting sadly to check out of the planet with the South node in Scorpio that rules death. Yeah. And then there's also the danger of spiritual bypassing of being like, I'm going to hang out up here and create the new world. And I'm going to completely dissociate from reality. That's actually not, that's actually fracturing. That's a complete fracture of the being. And so we have to really strive for balance because we actually have access um, with Jupiter now in Pisces and then moving into this conjunction to access these more refined layers of frequency and spiritual dimensions really easily. We don't need to do much to do to um, to attain that. So we have to be careful because we can, there could be people having accidents with too much, even plant medicine. Yeah. You know, there's this real sort of movement, which I think is is beautiful in so many ways and also maybe a little bit overused. Uh, and and there is there are real dangers that can come from that of, of there's, you know, you need to go deeper. You need to do one more, more and more and more medicine. No, actually, this year, I would recommend, again, remember, Taurus North Node is conservative. It's saying less is more. Yeah. Practice yeah. and fine tune what you've already know. If you've worked with plant medicine, don't go deeper into it. This is what I was getting a hit on too, is like you can spiritually bypass and you can do all the ayahuasca ceremonies or medicine ceremonies, but if you don't focus on the, on the, on the, the foundation of the alchemical process, what we're actually going through. If you don't focus on the components, you don't have that foundation of, of why we experience what we experience in those higher realms. You're not doing anyone any good and you're actually doing a disservice uh, to continue to be lost in that. We have to be able to come back and translate what we learn in those other realms. And I was listening to Alan Watts and he was talking about the experience of the psychedelic uh, movement, which happened under very similar revolutionary uh, circumstances of which we're going into now, that people got lost in the sudden awakening without the foundation, the spiritual connection, the religious uh, context behind it, whatever you're coming from. If you didn't have that as a foundation, you got lost in the mystical experience and then you came back and you served yourself and you didn't serve others. And we have to we have to wake up to the fact we're all part of the great other, and that's this is the next phase of this awakening. So using these these uh, deeper mystical experiences during Jupiter and Pisces, using them in a different way is definitely important. So April fifteenth, Mars, you know, remember it hit Saturn, and then it actually gets to the very end of Aquarius and it enters Pisces. So this is interesting energy here. This is a shift, the warrior in the sign of spirituality. So there is this, okay, this maybe sort of alignment of personal will with higher will. And even people that didn't really feel so involved in anything rebellious might actually be saying, hey, wait a minute, things aren't what they seem. And the, the disillusionment taking over. And people waking up to being the enslavement that's actually been going on on the planet. And so this could actually be sort of a more and more people enlisting themselves as spiritual warriors on the planet. And then the eclipse gate opens. And so then that just levels up, that just is a level up of intensity. The, the full moon in Libra opens the eclipse gate on the 16th of April. And then we have a, our first eclipse 
of the year, April 30th in Taurus. It's a partial solar eclipse, so it's a new moon. However, it's conjunct Uranus and squaring the nodes. So what that means is remember the backdrop of the Saturn Uranus square is all year long. And then we're going to amp it up with an eclipse, which we're, that means we're accessing the Scorpio and the Taurus. So we can just expect the unexpected anytime that we have these elements coming in, especially with Uranus. So the period of the eclipse season is about from April 16th until we have the, um, the total full moon lunar eclipse, May 16th in Scorpio. So this again has implication of the global financial system becoming more and more um, volatile. We might see some shifts there. Jupiter then also around that time, a, a few days earlier enters Aries. So remember Jupiter expands wherever it goes. Aries is the warrior. It's like there's something building. Now there's some, this energy of expansion around fighting back. And the chokehold gets a little bit tighter whenever Saturn is in Aquarius by itself. We don't have Jupiter there anymore. We don't have Jupiter in Pisces where we're all, you know, getting, we get this glimpse of sort of like the Garden of Eden. We get this glimpse of the higher vibration of the Aquarian age while Jupiter is in Pisces, but it zips through there and then it enters Aries. And Aries is action. Aries is about fighting for freedom is the way that I see it, you know? And so this real grip is being of control is tightening simultaneously. People are constellating themselves and it's happening already. If you look outside of the, the, the uh, mainstream news and look on places like telegram, you can see the riots. You can see millions of people fighting for their freedom all over the world. And America's a little bit behind <laughs> in a lot of ways in, in that movement. And I think that we're going to be uh, gathering ourselves this year. And, and what is it? The, the big saying we've been saying, like the third world war will not be televised. You know, this is interesting times. It's all over covert behind the scenes. I hate to tell you, but it's kind of happening now yeah. um, where the, the war is actually kind of on us. If you consider it at that level of battle, we, we are in a battle for dark and light. We always are. That mythical war, that biblical war is coming to a head in a sense. Dark and light are revealing themselves now. They're unmasking. You, you we were being able to see what is really what. And now we have to stand up for one side or the other by, but also being compassionate to the fact that it is, there's a larger context behind it, you know? So it's like that you have to align with these, with your higher consciousness. This is, we're being almost forced to, if you're part of this uh, conscious alignment, we have to do these, these things. We have to be part of the distillation of what is truth and what is not, what is pure and what is not. And it's like, oh, we may not want to, but yeah, it's going to, when it gets personal, we're forced to, that is in alignment with my truth. And that is not, and, and I'm not, I recognize it for what it is. Well, we don't want things to stay the same. Yeah. We don't, we know that we don't want to go back to the way it was. We know that we, we don't want to operate under a patriarchal system anymore. And so of course they're going to hold on and they're going to give it all they can the system, you know, this very minor faction of holding the, the puppet strings behind the scenes, but it's all going to come out in the wash. And I, I, I listened to someone the other day and had a beautiful analogy of like a pyramid, right? Where the, that's the top down and the pyramids are usually on water. And if, if, if you imagine like the pyramid sort of slowly collapsing, it's the very tip, the very small faction of people that go down last. And so this is, I guess, I think something to give us hope that, that we're actually right where we need to be. And so again, trusting the process is essential. 
Yeah. So I, I just want to lighten up the <laughs> so just slightly a little bit for something that I, I, putting a, this is a like intermission time where the <laughs> a philosophical point that I was uh-huh. on all these transits is something I resonated with. And it's I think it's a big question that we need to start asking ourselves now and for the future. And you're going to find this probably a little off, but what we need to start asking ourselves is, is does lab grown beef suffer? Part of this has to do with the fact that Uranus is in Taurus right now, and it's changing the nature of the bull. And one of the astrologers that I was listening to uh, earlier in the week brought up this question about, you know, we as vegans, we were going to be posed with the question like, you know, all these products that are coming online, everything is changing in our reality. And one of those is lab grown beef and a philosophical, spiritual question that we're going to have to start asking each other now. Is there suffering on the cellular level? Um, and some people may be divided more. Yes, even at the cellular level, if we're growing this in a lab. But the reason I make this a theme is because sort of the processes we're moving into now are going to be changing our own substance on a molecular level. Like what, what we're moving through now is, is a part of a larger process to begin to synthesize, and I'm, and I'm just going to throw this out there, and digitize humanity. Part of it is going to be our memory, our consciousness is being ingrained and embedded into higher architecture for um, something that's bigger. And then the physical reality is being uh, constructed around that information right now in, in the hologram. So hopefully that made a little bit of sense, but, but we are becoming the beef stuff that is going to be synthesized. And we need to ask the philosophical question, is, are we going to be forcing ourselves to suffer as, in an evolutionary process? So um, I, I believe that out there is a mystery for why uh, people have to think about that, like a Cohen, a little bit further. So uh, <laughs> anyway, this has to do very much with the nature of the, the phase shift of our reality, the phase shift of substance, the phase shift of consciousness that we're moving into. I just wanted to form it in a, in a uh, humorous way with some of these Torian uh, aspects and about how it's, it's, going, it, it's going to affect us spiritually too. Um, what's happening? Uh, where's the suffering coming from? Where, where do we need to let go of what we think of as our reality? You know? Yeah. Where are we in the year now? I'm so <laughs> I mean, like... wrapping up May. So we just had the big Scorpio lunar eclipse. It's a total eclipse. It's going to be very intense. We can imagine And right two days later, Mars is going to conjunct Neptune. Remember I said Mars is going to kind of dance with all of these outer planets this year. What I'm really thinking is we're going to see some, definitely some more natural disasters. The waters are going to be really reactive. Um, Mars is the activator and with Neptune and Pisces and, you know, it's as above, so below everything in and out. Also emotions. I think that we're going to see with the South Node and Scorpio and all of this Pisces being activated jupiter expanding it's there can be just a real sort of grieving i think happening to even though we may trust and even though we get it on some level the way things were there was there's been a lot of loss and there's going to be a lot of loss still of the way things were of our jobs of our our being able to hang out and for some people you know hug their family or see their family and the masks and everything you know i just read this morning in 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 austin they're going to want the kids to double mask at school. (laughs) So 
you know, I just think that there's, there's going to be, it may be a very, um, healthy, uh, release of, of the waters of the emotions that it may be sort of a part of our experience this spring and summer and necessary. And then Mars is going to conjunct Jupiter and just that, that last in that may feels like, you know, we might want to just really take it easy. Like it just feels like a, a higher level of destabilization and destruction going on. So really paring well, down. Well, one thing I wanted to add about the, the planetary configuration we're seeing around the Neptune, you did mention a natural disaster. So it, it, we do know that this, the last time we saw a similar a set of planetary alignments was was in 1856 and it was reported around the world there were a larger amount of floods that occurred so li literally taking this into context that you may see a, a larger exposure of uh, floods where you didn't see them before they could be the major theme across uh, the natural disasters this year because it was when we saw this 100 uh, back in 1856 yeah so there's historical reference to this to this pattern happening of when we begin to look on a larger scale so right yeah. again it's the things that we can't control and so yeah. So I guess that sort of wraps up May. And then, you know, June and July are a little more quiet, but I wouldn't say that mm -hmm. it, it basically there's going to be so much going on already that it may just be a continuation. There's not a lot of new energy starting. However, the, the destabilization is probably going to still be prevalent and actually building towards what I really feel is climactic for the year, which is August 1st, where Mars is now going to conjunct Uranus and the North node at 18 degrees Taurus. So anytime uh, something conjuncts the North node, we're talking about destiny. We're talking about, this is very um, significant to the, the, the evolution of the soul, the future, the, the gravitas is exponential. Uranus there rules Aquarius, okay? So we're talking about the future. We're talking about the lightning bolt of change in the hands of destiny with Mars. Historically, Mars and Uranus together, is explosive. So explosive change. We've got, again, Uranus, anytime with Uranus, we've got the square with Saturn. So there's this like pressure cooker in a way, but when we know that it has to do with fate because it's the North node, I feel like it's most productive to focus on where there's going to be some kind of a breakthrough. There's going to be some kind of, maybe the safety valve explodes and this is going to power us, the power behind the shift, the real shift in consciousness, and that we're going to turn some corners there. Well, if you think of it in context of the of what's what you see happening, if those, those who are looking at the media around Europe and around Australia and different places, what's happening in the pressure cooker, that that energy, just say it does not dissipate. Let's say it gets some added bonus at the beginning of the year, and then it is kind of uh, it sits in the in the pot and simmers. But by the time we get to that Mars Uranus conjunction, it's like turning up the heat to high. So something's going to probably happen. All the elements are in play. You you're going to see a suppression of this probably within the United States a little bit. Make sure we check the media outside of our reality because all of that that's in in the in the, the rebellion that you see happening, the Uranian forces are going to be given an impulse of Mars, and so you're liable to see some things in the late summer that you may not have ever seen in our lifetimes. Is possible those level of revolutionary for your revolutionary forces are boiling underneath the surface. On another level, uh, Uranus is the innovator. Mars is the activator. 
with the North Node, something about the future in Taurus, which rules currency, we could see the implementation of more of this, you know, um, e expansion of the cryptocurrency or the NFT world. We haven't talked a lot about that, but that definitely is part of this revolution of our financial reality, the collapse of the old economic system. When we're looking at the nodes in Scorpio Taurus, that's the axis of resources. So it's food, but it's also money. So I'm curious to see what we're gonna, uh, what's gonna unfold in that realm as well. Like a central digital currency or something like that? Well, you, what you see happening now with the Saturn Uranus square is what, what, we, what I kind of saw was gonna happen once I, was analyzing the patterns of cryptocurrency that now all the nations you know cryptocurrency kind of rose up as uh, a revolutionary force to overthrow the banks in a sense if you think of it in those terms and, and and to change the currency system but of course one of the steps that the currency systems that are in place are going to do is try to adopt that same system which adopt the uh energies that are part of that revolutionary force so now all of the countries at, at this moment are coming online with their crypto equivalent. And so are, are all the banking systems, all the banks now have Wells Fargo crypto coin or whatever it is, you know, so like th th this is what's happening as they're, they're trying to like adopt those. So the, the, the things are changing fast in the crypto world. And I think this year in the crypto world, you're going to see, I, I think people are going to be hoping and expecting to see an upshift, but I think you're going to see a downshift of energy. I think it's going to be a little chaotic here and there. You're going to, there's going to be a lot of, uh, we're going to have to stay aware of, of like a regular basis of what the waves are doing. Um, but last year when we saw uh, we, we saw Jupiter dip into Pisces uh, just briefly, you saw in, people were expecting a big bolt, bolt, in, bolt in crypto and you actually saw it dip. So I said, I, I think this year we've got a longer stint of, of this. So just be aware of that. But then when it shifts into Aries, you may actually see some force behind it. That, that's that's my thought. But it could it could play itself out. You know, crypto has actually kind of teased itself out into the leaders of the pack and those that are just still volleying for position below. You know, so there's there's a lot of that happening. Um, but I think people really need to start thinking in terms of, of alternative uh, resources to fatten their crypto wallet. I think this is a very important step this year that if you if you're not on board with this, find someone that is and, and take advantage of their knowledge to get up to speed uh, that we you really need to start transferring a lot of these assets into something digital now, don't don't totally resist that don't try to just invest in stocks or real estate or anything because i think you could you could we could be seeing some larger shifts uh, down the way that we need to be jockeying for position for now in a sense yeah i think of crypto in the long game as part of the bigger aquarian shift and so versus looking at it you know day to day or you know and so maybe when um jupiter is in or as jupiter's and pisces and crypto's down that's probably a good time to invest in it when the prices are lower with the bigger picture of you know, not thinking of trying to cash in on that this year per se, but over the long term. Yeah, it's not going away. I think this is the bloodstream for this transference of, of consciousness. Like it's going to be, we're going to be transferring a level of consciousness that's going to require energy in a digital form. And that has to be part of the bloodstream currency uh, of cryptocurrencies. So it's like, we, you need to continue to have faith in it. It's just, we've got to go through dips. We're not, I don't think we're going to see like we saw in 2018 when there was that spike towards the end of the year. I don't, there could be some of that, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic. You're going to see more cautious players, but it's going to build substance. And I think the, the, the long-term players are there to help build substance in the system. That's why you see the NFTs. People are throwing money at these things. Part of it is to help put a foundation to the system that, that is going to be created. 
this this guy who bought this uh, painting for uh, this crypto NFT uh, of uh, Beeple uh, recently or last year for six. Seven million dollars, I believe. Uh, it basically is just a, a the non uh, fungible token NFT of this painting. So it's like th th he just he admitted he just did that to help support the entire industry. And you're going to see a lot of this happening. Money's being poured into this. So just be cautious uh, when, if you're a small time player. Don't get taken out in these initial waves. But be aware that you need to start transferring some of your uh, resources into this bloodstream, so. or into other ones, into uh, your reserves if you have some into silver potentially. Some of the old staples, yeah. Yeah, yeah. diversify. That's always a good. Away right. from fiat currency in general, and um, probably away from. I would say, uh, uh, well, I don't want to give that advice, but uh, I personally would support the more al tangible alternative Bitcoin type of uh, Ethereum, those platforms that are working with the higher consciousness. Like there's, there's, there is substance to some of it. There are scammers out there, but there are people that, that are really trying to change the system and investing, like turning around and reinvesting their entire you know earnings back into their own system. What I'm hearing, this isn't like a, try to get rich quick year, right? Because <laughs> you're talking about kind of like being very discerning and, and paring down um, and making smart choices because there's this fog or delusion that could come with the Neptunian Piscean. So like, yes, take your, you know, some of your money out of fiat, but not like, you know, all throw it into, you know, one, you know, new crypto or something, but kind of just very uh, thoughtfully, I think I think this is more like I think this is more like going to the crap tables in a lot of ways. If you if you're a high roller, go in and you know expect what you expect. But if you're a low roller, go in and we're hoping for a lot of luck. And if you have a lot of luck and you have a little bit of pocket change, throw it on the table. Don't be afraid to buy a crazy NFT that's like, hey, well, everybody's on this. It's low right now, and then it end up being you know ten thousand dollars a unit or whatever. So it's like. Yeah, there is a possibility. I'm seeing these things pop up. Those those people that are ready to be given the gifts that that they need to help propel this, they need to be rolling the dice as well. I mean, you don't, don't throw your whole savings in there, but but you need to be playing the game or you won't win. So uh, try to make sure you're you're actually out there participating in this in this as as these changes are happening. So it's so uh, this is like a very long episode for us. Let's try to um, uh, I, as much as I love going like deep into all of this stuff and talking, but like, uh, let, let's see, where are we in the year now? I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, we just finished August, which was like very climactic, right? And then September sort of, you know, not anything massively new happening, but then we go into eclipse season again. <laughs> so just to know that there's another level of period of intensity, which is always a time of acceleration of the energies that are already present on the planet, which is important to remember, because we know we've already laid the groundwork of what energies are going to be here this year. October 9th, the Aries full moon opens the gate. The year is a solar eclipse, a new moon uh, eclipse on October 25th in Scorpio. Jupiter's going to retrograde back into Pisces one last, last time, October 28th, not for very long. Um, I think it comes back in uh, December 3rd, back into Aries for good. But that's an interesting little couple of months where it's like, oh, okay, we're going to look at this one last time. What were, What is the truth? What are the illusions? What are the delusions? Or, hey, let's do some deeper spiritual work. Let's kind of ground. We're getting towards the end of the year. And then we end the year actually with Mars going retrograde in Gemini, which I think is going to be very interesting because Mars, again, personal planet rules 
our personal mission, our action, where we're headed, what are, where, what is what are we pointing our arrow as? The inner masculine, it's the inner warrior, or in the shadow, it's the god of war, and it's in Gemini. And so it's going to retrograde from October 30th all the way through the end of the year to January 1st, where I think we're going to be looking at, again, okay, Gemini, remember the nodes were in Gemini for the last year and a half. That has to do with our mind. That has to do with truth, the news, the narrative. We're going to be looking back again, maybe going, oh my God, they were right. <laughs> or, or, wow, I need to actually reprogram my, my, my thoughts. And so that next, so I'm ready to, to get my marching orders on whenever it goes direct. Like I have a completely different path that I'm going to go on because I didn't know, or now I see things differently or wow, everything has changed so much in the last year. I need to actually renegotiate where I'm putting my focus and my energy. So that's going to end the year. We have the last eclipse, November 8th in Taurus, which is a lunar eclipse, full moon. And then November 23rd, the eclipse uh, gate ends. And, you know, then of course, I just mentioned Jupiter enters Aries December 3rd. And then of course, we're not going to get into this now, but Pluto, of course, is going to finally enter Aquarius March 23rd of 2023, which means that through the latter part of this year, it's going to be at the anoretic degree of Capricorn, which is the last degree known as the death degree. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. The death degree of Capricorn. <laughs> the system, the government. So it feels like, wow, quite climactic in the sense of anytime a planet is at the death degree, there is, it's the grand finale before it enters into the first, the zero degree Aquarius, where it's going to go back and forth for, for two years. To, to give a little uh, importance to that, the last time that Pluto was in Aquarius was in 1797. And so the period from, or, or 1798, but uh, 1778 to 1798 was massive changes for the, the constitution of this, literally the constitution of this country, the makeup of this country. It went from having been a colonial system for the first 250 years of its existence to the only thing we really remember is 1776. And now that 250 year cycle is coming to a, a, a close and we're opening a new cycle. So, and it, it begins with this Pluto and Aquarius that's, that's happening. So this is, this is the, the, what we're building up to a level of energy uh, coming in for the rest of this year. So that's, yes, exactly. That's what's going on is there's a revving up, to sort of enter, fully enter this Aquarian age and to transform every aspect of our world, our society, our consciousness that will then just begin in 2023. And then we'll be on in this like 20 year journey uh, moving forward from there. Wow. So this year is like, just like nonstop, almost just very action, change, transformation, instability, intensity. So we're learning how to become very adaptable. I'm just trying to summarize the things that you're saying. So we kind of need to go inward to find our stability through our own spiritual connection, be grounded with Mother Earth, with the small pleasures of life, and just expect the unexpected. Oh, I think they froze again. <laughs> oh, oh no. that's too bad, too, because I liked yeah. your little summary there. <laughs> Sure. In closing, I just kind of want to bring it all back to, well, first of all, acknowledging and celebrating and honoring that we have truly arrived 
at this epic moment, the great awakening, the shift in consciousness, everything that we've been talking about, going to therapy for, gathering in circles for, you know, doing all of our deep, painful exploration into our shadow. And to always remember that we are alchemical in nature, that we've sort of hit this phase here. There's stages of alchemy that you might consider the distillation phase where we're being boiled and condensed in order to purify the substance. So we're preparing for the final stage, but you know, this has to do that. We're, that we're free from any destructive forms of the ego personally and collectively, and that we're refining ourselves to become one with spirit, you know, and that's sort of the final stage, the coagulation, and we're being crystallized. And, and so we're sort of in the, the darkest time before the light. And so my best advice is to first acknowledge that to root down and look up. So to keep yourself in the ever-present now, that is always where the pleasure is, where everything is okay. Where we get caught up is looking either ahead at what we can't control or behind at what we can't change. So knowing we're at this massive conscious uh, crossroads in consciousness, we want to focus on the expansion of that. And the beautiful thing is that that comes from the simplification of our reality and the tuning into the very things that make us happy. So that is dance, music, um, you know, like Russell saying, singing, you know, uh, has to do with the creative principles. So whatever turns you on and gathering together. I love that um, the Hopi prophecy about gather yourselves and look around and see who has shown up with you push away from the sides of the shore and trust that the river has its destination know your neighbors grow your food begin the bartering and the trading process and then and i want to hear what russell has to say but i i love also leaning into other systems and the chinese new year is that going to start february 1st where we get to move into a new archetype and this year it's the year of the water tiger so if you think about a tiger it's brave. There's courage. There's willpower. There's also leadership that's based in logic, determination, spontaneity. And the motivation is actually to help others around you function higher. So this is this Aquarian motivation to remember that we are one family, one sacred organism, knowing that massive changes are coming. Some are going to lose fortunes. Others are going to gain power, true power. And there's something also in, uh, in conclusion about discreteness when we're talking about the tiger. The tiger is stealth. It is um, knows how to shapeshift and to stay out of the way of danger. And that's really, again, staying out of that uh, Scorpio South node, staying out of the drama, staying out of the embroilment in that traumatic field, unless, of course, you're doing it with intention and you know you're, you're engaging in healing. But to stay in that North node, to stay in that pleasure principle and to remember that it's always darkest before the dawn. Um, I just wanted to uh, say, I really like what you said and that people really need to focus on about, and this is what we've been doing this work for. If we've been doing, you know, our meditation since we were young and studying metaphysics and astrology and going to circles and doing whatever branch of conscious raising we've been doing, we've been putting on some sort of intellectual uh, armor in a sense and taking up a sort of truth that from our own point of view, now is the time, now is the battle we've been doing that. For. We're entering into that next level. We need to hone our truth. 
We need to hone our skills. If there's anything we haven't wrapped up yet, we won't feel like we've done enough processing of this or that or enough moon circles. Let's get this. Let's finish wrapping that up because we, whatever we were working on, we need to focus our attention to what's coming in, in a good way. We, we need to not separate uh, what we think of as right from wrong, but we, we, what we need to think of in terms of are we being compassionate with our sword or are we being aggressive and, and, and assertive and, and divisive with our sword? What are we doing with that? And making sure that we, we, we don't divide left and right, right from wrong, that we make sure we, we use it to be compassionate. So this, I feel like we're entering into a battle. And, and, I, and while Shannon was talking, I was thinking, how can I best make this metaphor sense? And I was thinking, okay, think of it like we're in an adventure story down here in this hologram. And part of that may echo what we would saw in, in uh, Harry Potter. And Harry Potter went to wizard school and they raised their consciousness and they learned these skills. They didn't learn them just as they could create magic and do have fun things and do tricks. They, they, they actually, the reason that, that they learned these skills is because there was a bigger battle to fight with Voldemort. And it's like, now we have to recognize, hey, you know what? There is a, we can say the name. There is something evil. We need to face it. We need to take our skills and, and, and address what's happening. So that's what, that was my, my, my point about that. It's like, we need to think of this in, in a positive way um, that we're, we're here living out part of this process. Uh, and also if I might just include sure. that, uh, I'm sensitive when we use the word evil because coming from the one mind, having compassion that this is an aspect of ourselves. So I think that's where Russell was also leaning into being compassionate of, yeah. of, of not having any tolerance for even the, the shadow and the parts of ourselves that are still stuck in, in the ego distortion. And so really what we're seeing is the hologram out there playing itself out this evil battle, which is each of us that has got, had to go to battle within our, this, the, the battle of our own human soul. So really the, the battle is won when each of us wake up out of the dream, when each of us uh, see ourselves in the eyes of everyone that we meet, even those that are supposedly you know, carrying out this evil plan, which again, there's this part of us that, that, you know, is, is not separate from that. So remembering to try to always constellate our awareness from that point of, of unitive consciousness. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. This has been really an incredible uh, episode. I think a lot of people are going to, you know, like myself are going to come back to it you know, throughout the year. And it's really great reminders of where to focus as all of this kind of, it'll be interesting as well to see how these energies play out specifically as, you know, we can see the themes, but not know specifically. I always find that to be fascinating um, as well. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah. I, yeah, I second that. Yeah. Very good conversation. So yeah, so grateful for you guys to come on and talk with us again and uh, awesome conversation as usual. So thank you. We love it. We, yeah. we look forward to this and we feel really grateful as well to be uh, invited on your show. Yeah. I love being able to sit down and have these higher level conscious uh, conversations. I think it's important for us to do them and for people to hear them. Um, because it gives people permission to open their awareness to all their thoughts, all the things that, you know, that we think are mystery are actually part of a bigger process and, and that other people are thinking them to, to, and they, they connect in this way. So, um, yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. 
do you guys want to let everyone know where they can find you and more about your services and everything you offer? Uh, sure. Thank you. So my personal website, you know, I'm, I definitely feel it's really important. Everybody has a, a firm understanding of their own birth chart because that's your part of the puzzle. So I do personal consultations and readings and that's at Shannon Lee Gill, uh, com, which is L E I. And then we have our shift foundation, which is our nonprofit where we sort of an umbrella for many projects. And we're actually really focused this year on creating an astrological curriculum. And we have, are starting a school, which is astrum, A-S-T-R-A-M.org. So you can start to tune into other offerings by visiting this it's still in construction but we will be posting uh monthly horoscopes there breakdown per sign we're going to be building a, a basic school and then a, and a higher level school for astrology based more in scientific uh but also connecting body mind and spirit so there, we, we are spearheading a project during this time hopefully people will check in and if they want to just read some of my uh articles you can catch me at rlohausen.org O-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N. Yeah, you definitely want to tune into some of Russell's writing. It's really progressive, advanced, and and really for anybody that's a skeptic or if you know people in your life that is really on the fence about, you know, believing in some of this woo-woo stuff, Russell's gift is really at explaining through the scientific mathematical lens how consciousness and astrology actually work. So he's got a real gift in that. And there's a lot you can find on his website. All right. Well, lots of exciting changes in both of your lives. And uh, yeah, we look forward to having you guys on again. Let's do it. Yeah, I'd love to check in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Shannon and Russell for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing their knowledge and gifts with us. If you'd like to learn more about them and their services, you can find Shannon online at shannonleegill.com and Lee is spelled L-E-I. You can find Russell online at vonolhausen.org and you can check out their newest project, ostrom.org. That's spelled A-S-T-R-A-M dot org. Before we go, I'd like to say thank you very much to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. I'd also like to thank Casey Henson for providing the music we use. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us. This will help other people find us. Take care.